Get a credit card that gives you what you need now. A low interest rate on everyday purchases and a place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest interest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed and together we can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org slash gold card. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Support for this episode has been provided by Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Creamy and delicious, try strawberry and vanilla for two grams of carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein. Interested? Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks are now available in the yogurt aisle at Walmart. Always consult your physician before starting an eating plan that involves regular consumption of high-fat foods. Welcome to Heels and Quads. If you've ever wondered how we started our podcast and how we record our podcast, the answer is so, so simple. Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, tablet, or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your podcast. You can make money from your podcast no matter if you have one listener or a thousand listeners. Downloads, everything. I mean, it's so simple. If you're creating something, get paid for it. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. Hey guys, it's Tommy from Heels and Quads. Be sure to check out the podcast tonight. We've got SB, the Brandon Espinosa on the show. Check him out on Pro Wrestling Tees. Check out his Facebook at facebook.com slash Espinoza. Check out his YouTube, youtube.com slash Espinoza. And now a message from Espy. Yeah, you guys better make sure you pay attention to Heels and Quads tonight because, you know, the past guests and everything, it's, it's, it's been lackluster. It hasn't been there. But you know what? Tonight you have the elitist Brandon Espinoza coming on here to talk all about his career and all about himself. And maybe some other people, but mostly about himself. So come in, this is going to be the prime, the top, the best episode of Healing Quads. Welcome to the Heels and Quads podcast. I'm Levi at Levi D. Zindel on Twitter. And I'm Tommy at Mr. Tommy Walter on Twitter. And tonight our guest is SB, the Brandon Espinoza, at the underscore B underscore Espinoza. Brandon, thanks for joining us, man. No, no problem, guys. Uh, By the way, uh, I haven't really talked to you yet, but I'm Levi Zindel. I'm uh, Tommy's... Co- we're co-hosts on here. I know you're mostly talking to him, so it's a pleasure to sit and talk with you. Oh, no problem. A pleasure to talk to you as well. Awesome. All right, man. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's start with the icebreakers. We asked the golden questions that everybody asks to kick off the show. Um, so how did you get into wrestling? Oh, I mean, um, I've been a fan of wrestling since I was like three years old. Um, 
And, you know, I followed it uh, all throughout my uh, my preteens and teenage years. And I had a best friend that I've known since I was like seven or eight. And he started taping for the MMWA or as we call it here in St. Louis, South Broadway uh, wrestling around like 14 or 15 years of age. And so I started attending those about a year or two later when I was able to drive myself. And whenever I turned 18, I started training with them. And, well, the rest is history. Awesome. Did you did now? Did you start in like the your first? Well, I don't know how to word it, but like, was your first bigger promotion like OVW? Oh, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, one of the first the the, the bigger promotion that I worked for, quote, like on quote a, unquote bigger, I guess, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. The um, I mean, that was the first one that I was at um on a regular basis. Um, you know, I had done a couple. A couple minor things before that with like, I did a, a couple dark matches with like Ring of Honor and then did a couple little minor things with IWA Mid South and then yeah I went to LVW and was there for you know for three years and then you know obviously since then I've you know done some more things with like Ring of Honor that I've done some other things with like World League Wrestling which is Harley Race's promotion and um you know now recently with like Glory Pro. Sweet, sweet. And yeah, uh, I've been trying to. I'm sorry, was that Tommy? No, I was gonna say I've just been watching a lot of the uh, Espinosa, the SB matches on YouTube, and I, I dig them all, man. So Thank you. you kick ass in ring. Thanks. Yeah, guys, if you don't subscribe to Brandon on YouTube, it's YouTube.com/slash the Brandon Espinosa. I think that I think that plug kind of cut out. Okay, that's YouTube.com/slash the Brandon Espinosa. There we go. There we go. And also check it out. Check out Pro Wrestling Tees. Oh, yeah. Brandon Espinosa. Go buy his merch, man. You got to buy the guy's merch. He's awesome. And if you haven't watched his matches, do it. So Yeah, Brandon and I <clears throat> kind of went back and forth for about a week when, we first ag- when he first agreed to do this. So I kind of feel like I know him in a way. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we, I mean, we don't know each other, but. You know, we've gotten along just, you know, kind of shooting the breeze here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to ask you this. I told Levi I was going to ask you this question. So when you get ranked by PWI, do they let you know beforehand? Or, I mean, do you get a magazine or an email or how does that work out? Uh, I mean, I find out that it gets released and then, um, you know, I go and just buy the digital copy and just to check it out, uh, even if I'm not in it. Um, you know, just to get it, see who's in it and whatnot. And then I see my name and then, then I post it on Twitter or Facebook at that moment. But yeah, I don't know about it until you guys know about it. I mean, you can get it about the same time, if not earlier than I do. Um, cause they don't ever send any of that information actually out ahead of time. So, but yeah, that's exactly how I get it. And I find out. <laughs> and the, uh, the, It'd be nice if they sent you a letter in the mail or something like a little thank you card, like thank you, your number, whatever. Yeah, in PWI nice, this year. The, the only time I've ever known about <laughs> it was uh, known about anything was um, with Ace winning PWI Rookie of the Year, and then uh, Matt or Raphael King getting uh, runner up um, the year that he got it because they messaged me to get some information. But okay. other than that, that's the I, everything else I know about the same time you guys know. And the first year you were ranked was 2009, correct? Uh, Yes. And then you've been ranked pretty much every year other than 2010, if my notes were correct? Yeah, every year since then, and uh, and, uh, I was even in it this year as well, so yeah. Yep. Sweet. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It's a pleasure to have you here. Now, I had a a question, and I told told Tommy I was going to ask this. I might be jumping the gun, but I was wondering, like, in indies, when you're – you know, kind of at all kinds of different promotions. How does, how does creative go? Like, so what do you get there and they tell you like you're going over or he's going over or does like, I mean, I I guess they tell you that, but like as far as stories go or anything, how does that happen in the, throughout the different companies? uh, I mean, most of the companies I work for, unfortunately (laughs) there's not many stories involved. Um, And that's only due to the fact that I come in every so often, do a match, do a match here and there. You know, a lot of promotions, luckily, you know, they'll find some reason to put me in the match, um, you know, and then, you know, either tell me to go cut a promo out in the ring to, you know, kind of establish it, or they'll put something online to establish it, or, you know, I'm some guy that they're bringing in to take out somebody or, you know, something like that. But, um, 
But other okay. than that, I mean, if it's if it's a promotion I'm on, I'm, I'm with like long term. Um, you know, like I, I, you know, like I've known the situation with like Lori Pro the full year. Um, you know, I helped run, I helped run and book um, MMWA here in St. Louis. Um, you know, Dynamo, I've been, I work for on a regular basis, um, and now even like World League Wrestling. You know, those promotions since I kind of work on a regular basis, I've committed to them so that I, you know, can work multiple dates. Then uh, those, you know, we sit down, we talk, we figure out stories, um, you know, and we go from there and we just, you know, you know, see what the, the end game is. And then we just kind of, you know, try to figure out a way that we can meet there. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I've always I've always been curious about that as far as, you know, if you're not in if you're not like on a specific show, like signed to a contract, like only that show. You know, when you're kind of bouncing around uh, different promotions, I didn't know how that worked, but that helps. That helps a little bit to elaborate. I've always been curious about that. Yeah, and I definitely, I'll be honest. It's one of my favorite parts of wrestling is to be able to do the stories. Um, you know, when I first started working for OVW and got into the storyline after like I think it was like five, four or five months of being there. Um, you know, getting into that storyline and seeing how the fans, you know, watched it, progressed with it, and luckily for you know for me, that was a weekly avenue with you know one big Saturday show a month. You know, and it was just it was very, very cool to see how the fans followed it. And then, you know, with the, the, the storyline I had, different communities that were involved, follow it. It's just, you know, and then once I, 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 you know, started going to the places again, I was like, you know what? I'm not just I really don't want to just wrestle to wrestle. I want to know what the reason I'm wrestling. Why am I doing this? And, you know, and then at that point, you become more yeah. creative on what you can do in the ring and what you do do in the ring. And then you realize, you know, what is what's smart and what's not smart in it. And, you know, then obviously, you know, you get trained by, you know, better guys um, and they, they explain the same thing and explain how to make the best out of every match, you know, and just keep going on and on and on. Cool. So there's never so is there ever any like like if you're involved in some kind of story, is there are the matches mostly you and the other guys uh, creativity or do you ever have somebody tell you like, hey, I want you to do this spot or do something like this or, you know, uh, I, you know what I mean? Anything like I mean, that? Obviously there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, points to be made. Um, you know, I mean, if, it, if, yeah. if a promotion's like, Hey, this is the story of the match and this is how it needs to end. That's, that's about as far as it goes. Um, other than that, oh, okay. I, mean, I mean, I know like companies like WWE, they do have a lot of their stuff are completely planned for the wrestlers and they just go out there and do it. Um, you know, and obviously they have, more guys that have more creative control and whatnot. Um, but, you know, that's how they, they, they do their business. Um, but luckily, mostly on the indies as well as the top, you know, top indies, they, they don't do too much of that. They just give you bulletin points. You need to hit them. But other than that, it's free range and free roam and just, you know, get things over and do what you got to do. And I, think, and I think that's a big reason. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's a big reason why – in the indies, you see so many matches that are just so well constructed is because it's all like it's from the wrestler's creative point of view. Like you guys do what you guys do, other than like you said, the few bullet points here and there that they want yeah. you to hit. Exactly. I think that's why I see so many like I could watch Raw tonight and be like, Oh, that match is cool and then I could turn around and watch one of your matches and be like, wow, that match was like firing on all cylinders. Yes. Yeah. Well, and you also got to realize too, and it's nothing against the guys with WWE because those guys, man, they're, 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 they're beasts, you know, and they're obviously where we all want to be. I mean, I've, I've gotten lucky enough to be, you know, extras and do tryouts with them and be their backhand backstage, you know, firsthand numerous times. And, you know, you got to appreciate what they do because even, even if, even if, most of their matches don't look like an indie match that you would see on an on a indie show or maybe you would see on a, a higher level, you know, indie show. You got to realize that unlike a lot of the guys on the indies, these guys are doing, you know, 300 shows a year. You know, these guys yeah. have a full loaded schedule and the way that the shows are booked and the matches get booked is so that they can get the most bang for their buck. When you got to think about it, if you got a guy that's in the middle of a storyline that's supposed to build up, even starting as early as like August, you know, or even, you know, in like the case of like Cena and The Rock a few years ago, you've got a full year long storyline that you got to you got to make sure pays off at WrestleMania, you know, and if The Rock right. or Cena would have went down that year and got an injury, what would have that done to that pay-per-view? You know, what would have happened in that, you know, quote unquote, once yeah. in a lifetime match? 
and you just lost your big main event that you <laughs> sell you, you you sold for a year. So then you got to you got to figure out how to do damage yeah. control and this and that and this and that and you got to look at it in their their sense. They're doing it as a business. Um, I mean, like yeah. like you know when if you watch you know famous or, or very big uh, TV shows, you know you know that all that show has been recorded already. You know, and every every yeah. episode leads to that point. But you know, and luckily for them, they only take a recording for a, a TV show a month or two. But with WWE you've got 12 months or how long you want to build a storyline. And if something goes down, well, there goes that storyline. Now we got to go back to the drawing board. Yeah. And that's usually when you get your parts that the avid fans kind of complain about, but you deal with exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And I wanted, what do you got, what I do you wanted got, to mention Tommy? too real quick. Yeah. I was just letting you guys roll with it, man. You, I mean, that was, that was good. Um, <laughs> So, uh, Brandon. Yeah, I had to. I had to. I had to ask the question, the any creative question. Yeah, so I know. I figured that would light a fire for a little and, bit. And that's what that's what we want this podcast to be. We don't want it to be those same questions all the time. We want it to be more of yeah. a a group discussion. It's it shouldn't be a scripted. You know, this isn't WWE. This isn't Ring of Honor. This isn't New Japan. This is a a, a wrestling fan podcast where we have guys on that we watch or we get to know via Twitter or whatever. And we want them to come on our show because we want them to do better things as far as their wrestling career. It's it's not, it's not yeah. like I said on that, when I linked the Patreon account, it's not, we're not looking to make money off this. We're doing this because we love wrestling mm-hmm. from, the, yeah. from the Indies to WWE. It, it, it's not a, yeah, if I got if I got to wrestle, if I got to wrestle, I'd be doing that. But I think for now, I'd like to just talk yeah. to the guys. <laughs> and this is awesome. I mean, you know, this is the kind of perspective we look for because Levi and myself—that's like the basis of our friendship—is wrestling. Yeah. So, uh, but I was wondering your ring style in the indies, like watching your matches, the shouting. And, you know, I mean, I know, and that's like getting over with the crowd, like getting heat with the crowd or whatever. But I just, it's a lost art. Like yeah. The indie scene is so different. You know what I mean? And it, it, it's just better overall, I, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, um, it is. I mean, it definitely is a lost art because unfortunately, unfortunately, the fans or the crowd or the boys are now, you know, more taught to do a spot or do a move to pop the crowd, which is great. Because then you don't have to have any legit, you know, uh, interaction with them. You don't have to say anything. Um, and in the same retrospect, I think that, um, you know, I'm sorry if you guys hear any wind. I'm walking outside. Um, but anyways. I oh, think that's fine. Uh, I'm, I'm actually sitting in the family van right now. <laughs> yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Well, um, you know, you got you to gotta think about it, too. Like, I, I grew up in, in watching wrestling and in wrestling in 2005, which obviously was completely different than, you know, being a wrestler – in 2015 or 2017. And, um, you know, the, the difference is, is that back then, man, the way that the guys talk to the fans, I honestly, um, as, as you would call it, you know, the Mick Foley cheap pop, you know, they were, it was, yeah. it was really, really basic, you know, and a lot of the guys that I've wrestled with and that are still wrestling in St. Louis that are older, they, you know, they, they, they rely on being like, you're ugly, you're fat. And it's like that. Yeah. Don't, don't attack somebody personally. You know, and I've, I've always been really, really good at one, uh, like, uh, comebacks and one-liners. So when somebody says something, I can quickly snap back at them, you know, and it's not like insulting them. It's, you know, they're, they're saying something to try to get me. Well, I got them back. So what now, you know, and And even, I think that's, I think that's a great part, part of being on the mic is that like, you need to be able to have that Yeah. to where you can just fire back and just keep firing back. It makes a good, I'm a good mic man. What were you saying, Tommy? I cut Even, you off. But again. yeah, it's fine. We, we do this because <laughs> we're not in the same room, so we're gonna step on each other's toes from time to time, and that's cool. <laughs> um, no, but what I what I was gonna say was like, even if you're working heel, and like there's a kid in the crowd, and you know he shouts something out like you know you know Brandon you suck or something you know just something as simple as that because that's what kids do. That's what my kids do when they go to shows. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if you say something back to that kid, that makes that kid's day, whether you're a face or a heel. Mm-hmm. If you, because he got the attention. If you acknowledge a kid in a crowd, they're going to pop for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, 
that's back to that that different training. Um, when I was at OVW, you know, I trained with Al Snow on how to, you know, do TV presence and things like that. And, you know, one of the major things you, you, you learn from him as well as you learn from me and even, you know, some of the other trainers I've had is that what you do is it, it's and it, it's the same thing I taught my guys when I started training them. You do it like a ripple effect. OK. And so if you hit that one kid, it's like when you throw a water, a, a pebble in a pond, the moment you hit that, you hit the, the, the mark that you aim for, what happens? It starts to ripple and it just goes further and further. And so when you hit that one kid and kids are easier to attack just because they're more concentrated in what you're doing, especially if they're saying something to you and they react, they have more of a natural reaction. You know, while, while the older, older people like you, you guys or even myself, if I was to say something, we're saying it because we want the guy to say something back. Yeah, you know, we know. It's not as we, do what? The kid, the kid is kind of being legit. Yeah, the, exactly. The, 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 to the kid, it's all kayfabe, and they don't. I mean, the most kids don't know that word. I'm sure you know your kid does, or kids do. My kids know kayfabe. They know the difference between a kayfabe and a shoot. Yeah. So, you know, because the first event I ever took them to uh, was in Springfield, Missouri, actually, and we were standing outside waiting for the guys to come in. You know, um, like like most marks do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know they, you know, one of my favorite guys is Zack Ryder and Zack Ryder and Dolph Ziggler were wrestling together that night. That was during like the U S title run or whatever. And they see them pull in together. And my kids are like, what? (laughs) So so that's the point where I had to break it to them that, Hey, just because they wrestle each other doesn't mean they're not friends. Yeah. Hey, quick question with that show was uh, Adam Rose on that show. He was not, this was Jesus. What was it? This it had to, cause my wife was pregnant at the time with my youngest son. So this was 2012. Okay. So he, I think he had just came. I think he was still the the Leo Kruger or whatever. Gotcha. In NXT at this time. Um, oh, the, but the yeah. only reason I asked is because yeah, I was in Springfield, Missouri for a house show doing uh, the Rosebud gimmick. So I was wondering if oh, it, did if you it really? might have been that actual show. So oh, that would have that would have been sweet. Like yeah, if yeah. we if you had been working the show and I was there, that would have been really yeah, cool. Yeah. But no, not luckily for me, the kids don't the kids don't know too too much. I mean, they see us talking, you know, um, you know, and obviously I travel with. I have my crew of guys I travel with. You know, like here in St. Louis, I travel with a gentleman named Jaden Roller, who's from Minneapolis, and he just moved here and he works with Harley. Obviously, I travel a lot with Ace Hawkins. Um, you know, I travel with my trainer whenever he's around and you know needs people to jump in the car with him. Um, you know, and I, I, you know, and obviously they know of the people, but there are times my dad, my, my kids are like, Hey, why are you talking to that guy? He just punched you in the face. I'm like, I don't know. Or I, I'm just talking to him, you know? So they still believe a lot of it. Um, right. You know, I mean, well, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of the Santa Claus thing. That's yeah. exactly what I was about to say. It's the Santa Claus magic. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, I don't want to yeah. it for him. You know, I mean, my son has been, don't let your kids hear this podcast. Well, my older know. kids know. My my son's seven. Oh, I didn't and know. You know, he's been attending wrestling events with me since he was six months old, and so you know, the kid's probably done about seven hundred shows with me since he was born, and yeah, and he goes to almost all of them. When you see when you see me, you probably see a little redheaded kid that looks like me running around, um, <laughs> and you know, and he's all into the show. I mean, he loves wrestling. He's been a fan of it since he was a baby. You know, I used to bring him, and it was in a little car seat. I put him right in front of the hard cams in the back, or the in front of the uh, you know, the cams that the guys could watch in the back, and. He'd sit there intently watch it. I mean, it looked like he was studying it. Um, I've got a bunch of photos of him with no hair, big chubby cheeks, budget little boy, and he's just watching wrestling intently. And nowadays, he even like tells me if things are good or bad. And then you know, when he tells me it's bad, I'm like, well, thanks. You know, but um, <laughs> thanks, pal. Yeah, but, but to him, that's just us. Oh, you guys, there? there we go. There we go. Yeah. Hey, I don't know what happened there. I think my phone, it's an iPhone, and it always messes up on me. I, I don't know. It, like, burns up. It burns my hand a lot of times. It's really weird. But that's probably No, man. About. And that's <laughs> the thing, too, is uh, last week our first guest was Brian Zane from Wrestling With Regret. Yeah. And I think he was on a droid. Mm-hmm. And, dude, we cut out every, like, five minutes. That show was a pain in the ass to edit together. <laughs> so we made, we made it 21. That was pretty good. No, this yeah, will be a breeze solid. to edit together. Well, sorry, about um, that, guys. That was probably my phone. No, obviously. So. no, it's fine. I'm outside. No, too, so it just it happens fine. when it happens when it's just us or anybody on here. It just yeah. I don't know why. Gotcha. Anyways, what, you were t- you were talking about your son. Okay, what was the last thing I said? I don't remember. I'm sorry. All right, I remember, but I want to know where I ended. I'm sorry. Uh, you were talking about he would would tell you it was bad. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my son, you know, he tells me when things are bad. And, you know, if I lose, he's like, you lost. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And he's like, yeah, you suck. And I'm like, well, thanks. You know, um, <laughs> but, you know, it's like, you know, he, 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 I, and my daughter's the same way, you know, and, and she watches it and watches what daddy's doing. And, you know, if daddy wins, oh, man, he won. And if he loses, they're upset. You know, I mean, not to the point of crying or anything, but, you know, um, and I don't want to, you know, like you guys said, it's the Santa Claus effect, man. I don't. I don't want to ruin things for them. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to take away the curtain too much, you know? And like I was saying, you know, it's like my kids love wrestling. They love TV. And if I was like to tell my son, the flash ain't real, he would freak out, you know? And I, I just don't want to do that to my kids or any other kids out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that kind of hurt me too. Is like, I didn't know Zach and Dolph were riding together. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I didn't want to do that to them that soon, but I kind of had to. Yeah. Because they were, let's see, they were like four and five at the time. Because yeah. my wife was my pregnant, my wife was pregnant at the time, son. So and he's into it now too. I mean, big time. They're all three of them love it. That's um, good. So I kind of tell him now. You know, it's like, well, your first your first wrestling event was actually when mommy had you in her belly. <laughs> and he's he's always blown away by that. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> mommy, uh, mommy, mommy had you in the belly, and your brother's. Uh... You figured out what kayfabe was. Yeah, we were like we were like that uh, typical like white trash family. Oh, that's great! <laughs> it's like mommy's pregnant, smoking a cigarette, yelling, drinking a beer. You said, man, I was oh, so I, I was trying to uh, I was trying to. That's a total joke, yeah. by the way, because my wife listens to this, so she's gonna pop for that. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> I was trying to think back, of, like whenever I lost my, like. When I figured out, I guess I, because I've watched it since I was like four or five years old. And then I'm, I'm trying to think of when, but I gotta say, it's probably like somewhere eight to 10 when I finally like realized yeah, we everything kinda, was. Yeah, we kind of touched on that last night too, because I was talking about, you know, when we were talking about Starcade 95. And it was around that time is when I found out it was, I think it was 96, because it was when Hogan turned heel and, you know, the NWO angle. And that's when I found out that, you know, it wasn't, you know, legit. Gotcha. Yeah. How, how old are you guys? I'm 30. Uh, I'm 24. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm 30. I'll be honest with you. Like, I um, I didn't get it really revealed to me until I actually became part of it. Um, you know, I didn't. I didn't. My parents like they didn't support wrestling too much. I didn't get to. You know, I got to watch the big pay per views every year. Um, and I watch Raw and SmackDown. I tape it on my VHS. Yeah, VHS. You know. Oh um, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I watch it and. Everybody like, you know that's fake, right? I'm like, no, it's not, man. The Stone Cold was bleeding. That ain't fake. Yeah. So, um, Look at that blood but, dripping down between his yeah, teeth, man. That's, that's fucking that's real. Blood <laughs> and, uh, that's blood capsules, man. No, it's not. And then I find out later, no, that's their blood. It's like, man, they must have lost a lot of blood then. You know, that's but, something uh, still to this day that gets me so heated. Is Because I used to think back to when I heard that, because all of us wrestling guys and wrestling fans have heard blood capsules, blood capsules. Yeah. Dude, I hate hearing it because I'm like, if it's a blood capsule, then why does the blood keep flowing? Exactly. And I just, man, I've had to explain, like, still, like, 24 years old, there's always that dude that's like, oh, that's phony. Why don't you watch UFC? And I'm like, I do watch. I watch MMA. I watch UFC. That's cool. But, dude, I've just always been a wrestling guy. And, like, let me hand you a blade, and I'll show you, like, this is how it goes. Yeah, I mean, and so, obviously <laughs> it's gimmicked 90% yeah. of the time. But, and you know, then, that's still real. That There's only been one instance since I've wrestled that the blood has been like a capsule or fake. And I'm going to be honest with you. There was one time and it was when I was doing OVW. It was a payoff match between Muhammad Ali Baez versus uh, Michael Hayes, which was a, uh, a one-legged army vet. And they did a cage match. And obviously they're like, you know, this is a big blow off. This is a cage match. There has to be blood. Um, when the state yeah. of Kentucky, you can't bleed. The moment you start oh. bleeding, they end the match. So yeah. they, got, they, got, wow. they got approval ahead of time. Where they basically, I think they, as bad as it sounds, I think they put it in a condom. They put like red, red liquid, uh, you know, that was a little thicker, and that's what they used. And luckily, Muhammad Ali had gotten special like white gear made for the match. So when they got it, it you know stained his gear and whatnot, so it made it look real. Uh, but other than that, yeah, any other matches I've been on, it's either been the hard way, as they say it, where you know you get legit busted open, or some guy you know blading themselves and cutting themselves. So. You know, and that's still real blood. It's not other than that one time. It's it's been real. And, and the uh, the the thick blood in the condom. That's that's more of like the Gene Simmons from Kiss effect. Yeah, 
you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a huge Kiss fan. So, I mean, I actually remember, like, looking up how he made the fake blood or how, yeah. you know, his crew made the fake blood. And that's what people always told me. I'm like, no, if you watch the match close enough, most of the time you could always see Ric Flair get that blade. Oh, yeah. You can see, you can see most of them do it. You can see the referee, you know, giving it to him. And you can, sadly, you can see a lot of them, you know, ducking their head and doing it. And, I mean, hey, it's, it's a lost art, you know, anyways, because we don't do it nowadays, or at least most places don't. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've, I'll be honest with you, in the 1,190 matches I've had, I think I've done it twice. And it just doesn't work yeah. out very well. So I'm just like, you know what? I don't need fake. I don't need to bust myself open, I'll, you know, manually. I'll, I'll do it in the match. So I love know. how you keep track of your matches. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. That yeah, is no, pretty I, sweet. Yeah. Hell yeah. Because, because talks about it in his books. So if you ever read a Chris Jericho book, he always talks about like how many matches he's had up to that point when he's writing. Yeah. And I always thought that was a really cool thing because why wouldn't you? Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I've got a full list that I, I support for this episode has been provided by ratio keto friendly dairy snacks. If counting macros makes your head spin count instead on a snack by ratio, they've done the math for you. So you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Creamy and delicious. Try strawberry and vanilla for two grams of carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein. Interested? Ratio keto-friendly dairy snacks are now available in the yogurt aisle at Walmart. Always consult your physician before starting an eating plan that involves regular consumption of high-fat foods. People notice a healthy smile, but maybe you have tooth sensitivity, bleeding gums, or acid-weakened enamel. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel are trusted specialty toothpastes created to help improve your oral health. For tooth sensitivity, choose Sensodyne. Bleeding gums, get Paradontax. For acid-weakened enamel, Pronamel is the toothpaste for you. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel. Trusted specialty toothpaste to help bring home your healthy smile. Visit Ibotta to earn cash back. I do love his, undis- I do love his undisputed uh, uh, book. Because I think it was like undisputed, uh, hundred or a thousand three hundred like thirty-two or something like that. Yeah. Uh, steps to becoming world champion. And that was actually the match number that he won the belt. Right. You know, which I thought was awesome. You know, and I've always done it. And I, any guys I train, I tell them, hey, just keep a note, man. It's really, it's really cool to see when you go back and you can see it. And you know, and I can see how many matches I've had every year. I got an Excel spreadsheet and I type in the numbers, and you know, it helps equalize. You know, after you put all the, you know all the sums and all the equations in and whatnot, it lets you see how many matches you've had it, you know, and it's just amazing that in 12 years I've had that many matches and, you know, and I could see who all my opponents were and, you know, see that I've been in the ring. And even with, you know, guys that are in WWE now, I've had two or three matches with uh, Sami Zayn, you know, I've, uh, I did a bunch of matches with Jimmy Jacobs, you know, and, you know, it's just, it, it's, it, it's really, really amazing to look back and be able to tell your son or tell your, 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 your daughter, or maybe when you get later in life, if one of those guys becomes a world champion and they hear about him, like a Harley race or a, uh, or a Ric Flair, you can be like, yeah, you know, when, when grandpa was younger, you know, he wrestled that guy, you know, it's just, it's right. one of those things that it's great. That that's you one of your boys. Him. Yeah. Yeah. And so, that's, so and that's what a funny was that? thing too, as I was going to mention Jimmy Jacobs because he's, he's been on a lot of the, And, I mean, you know, us being fans, we're not wrestlers by any means. I mean, we could probably work a match if we wanted to. <laughs> Maybe Levi more than me at this point, but. Um, you just put, did you just put me over? I did. <laughs> um, I listened to Jimmy Jacobs on Chris Jericho's podcast. I don't know if you've heard that yet, Brandon, but. I have not. I um, know uh, Jaden plays a lot of their podcasts when we're on the road, but I'm sure I'll ask him to play that one because Jimmy, Jimmy knows who I am. You know, I, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm, like, good friends with him, but. You know, he respects me enough that, um, you know, matches we put together, he actually lets me call him a lot of times. Um, you know, we right. did IWM. And I watched and... both of them that are on your YouTube, by the way. And <laughs> awesome. they were actually, they were really freaking good. Thanks. And you got to think, that was like six years ago, man. So, um, but yeah, like, you know, he, he lets me put the matches together. Uh, when I did Mid-South, he was there. And, you know, Ian made a comment about, you know, sadly he was, you know, he made that comment on, I, you know, anybody can be replaced and anybody could be, you know, made into somebody. And Jimmy cracked a joke and, you know, yep, that's be me. Um, you know, and <laughs> even when um, even when that Brock Lesnar uh, Undertaker pull apart happened, if you remember that on uh, Monday Night Raw. Yeah. That was actually Jimmy that put mm. that together. Yeah. And, yeah. No, he, oh, wow. he, he talked about that. Yeah. And, and, you would, but, and believe it or not, I was in it. Oh, and, you were in that? Oh, were you one of the security I was, guys? I was, on, I was on the Taker side. 
And, oh, um, oh shit, that's awesome. Yeah, and, and I got I got to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> when I came in the back, Jimmy's like, "Man, you're stupid. I can't believe you did that." And I was like, "Thanks, Jimmy. You're the one that booked." He's like, "Yeah, I know." And walked away. I was like, "Thanks." Yeah, thanks a lot. You <laughs> <son of> a <laughs> bitch. <laughs> no, but I, w- I was going to talk about uh, you know, that podcast a little bit more because I mean, we watch wrestling, but I'm like a wrestling I I don't want to say aficionado because I'm not, but <laughs> I mean, I listen to all their podcasts, and I mean, those guys really give you insights on what goes on. That mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, they pull the curtain back now. They everybody knows. I mean, as far as if you're an adult, you know. Yeah, you and know if you I don't, mean? you're you've been living under a rock, unfortunately. Yeah, but he, I mean, they talked about you know Jimmy Jacobs and Chris Jericho. Basically, Jericho's last run with the list. Jimmy Jacobs wrote all that. Yep. I mean, they, oh, was that? Is that that was? What did you say? I don't know. I guess so. Hang on. Let me try one more time. Time uh, back, guys. Is he in? Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Man. The best about thing water. about this app is that it's free. Yeah. <laughs> They're getting some hate mail tomorrow, though, because this is getting ridiculous. Oh, I mean, eh, don't hate them too much, man. If it's free, it's free. At least you guys got a, a, a platform to use, you know? Yeah. Well, and I just wanted to, I wanted to end that there because I feel like, you know, we're just putting over guys that you've been in the, in the ring with. And I don't want to do that. I want this to be about you. Oh, no, no, okay. it's fine. I mean, guys I've been in the ring with deserve just as much credit as I do. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, and but you're one of the more humble people that I've spoke to. So Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, dude, it, it takes two to tangle in a wrestling match. You know, and that's what a lot exactly. of guys don't understand. And, you know, just because. Just because one guy's a bigger vet or is known knows a little bit more doesn't mean that 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 it's only that guy that um you know that does the match. I mean, like I said, man, I with Jimmy, I was able to do a lot of our match and put them together, you know. But if if it, if it wasn't for the fact that he trusted me after the matches we've had, he would have never done that, you know. So it's just you know I I gotta I gotta appreciate every guy that's I've I've, I've ever been in the ring with, whether it was yeah. a bad experience or a bad one. You know, and and just to touch on that, just to end kind of that and segue into something else, I just wanted to mention that it, it, I mean, it's pretty cool that you were in the ring with somebody who wrote one of the best storylines of the last decade. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Because the list was so over. And I mean, me and Levi still, we, I mean, we send like the, the GIF or JIF images, who, however you want to pronounce it. Um, but you know, you just made the list with the pen click and everything. And that was nice. on Jimmy Jacobs. I thought that was cool. You know, yeah. my fiance told Tommy he was on the list the other day. Yeah, she's I've got heat with his fiance right now, by the way. Serious heat. <laughs> nice. <laughs> she, she doesn't she doesn't really approve of the podcast. She approves of the wrestling thing. Well, no, no, it's it's uh, we, we spoke on it. It's approved. It's approved. It's just uh, we have to we should probably talk about it off air. Yeah, we should. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon doesn't want to be a part of this. No, Brandon don't need none of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I wanted to I wanted to talk about uh this weekend. I know you got some dates and I plugged them earlier on Twitter. Awesome. Um Friday night you're in Indianapolis, right? Yeah. Correct. With uh World Championship Wrestling Outlaws, is that, is that right? It's Wild Championship Wrestling Outlaws. Wild. I don't know. I, I guess I could just keep thinking WCW. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh do you know who you're facing? Friday night? No, I do not. Um, this one, you know, they, they run every week. And so, you know, when I can come in, they, they obviously appreciate me coming in. Um, but I think I may be wrestling Sean Kemp. I was told before that I, that we wrestled one time and that we were going to do a rematch the next time I came in. So it may be him. Um, I just posted that match a couple days ago. I think. Yeah. I was going to say that was more of one of your more recent matches that you posted on your YouTube account. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it happened about a month ago, but yeah, I, I just posted them. Cause I, unfortunately I have like, I still have like six matches sitting on my phone to upload. Um, yeah, oh, I yeah, think we I talked did, about I think that I did watch day. that match. It was it was one of the more recent ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so me and him, I think, might be wrestling again. If not, up, you know, their locker room's awesome. Um, and then on Saturday here in St. Louis, I have Dynamo Pro, and I think I'm wrestling a, a fellow tr- uh, training partner of mine, uh, Aaron uh, Jevnik, and um, you know he's a he's a really young upstarting guy that's uh, amazing. So you know, hopefully, you know, this will be our first time wrestling each other. So hopefully, we'll have a good match out there. And I wanted to ask a couple more questions, and, and then I know, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time, especially because you were, you know, nice enough to come on, you know, just basically, you know, for nothing. And we, I mean, I appreciate that, and I know Levi does as well, because like, oh, yeah. like, we, like I told you when, you know, we first talked, you know, 
we're just starting out. We're just trying to get this thing started. We're just getting our flow. Um, we're today is actually two weeks from our first podcast. So oh wow! I, I feel like we're doing pretty good for only being two weeks in. Yeah, that's good. Um, and I mean, we're catching some fire on Twitter. Well, and, and I'm really yeah. liking. The, I'm really liking the flow of this one. How Brandon, you can just you can just keep it rolling, man. Like you got, you're you're just really good at just keeping the conversation rolling. I love what you're talking about, and I. Yeah, sweet. And I loved your heel promo earlier, too. Yeah. On, uh... <laughs> that was yeah, sweet, I wasn't going to mention it because I, I talked to Levi about it earlier this week or this weekend. And I was like, you know, it would be really fun if we did like like in character kind of things on the show, like as like promos. And then like when we go to the show, we just don't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Right. Just, just the that fact that idea? you said like, so this is the last you're, you're time we we'll to... mention that. <laughs> You said you're you're the guest tonight, and all the uh, rest of the guys have been lackluster. And that was like, oh, I'm sold. Yeah. Lackluster. It's he's just like, such I'm a good done. word. Man. He's yeah, a, he's an I SB pop. fan. And and by the yeah. way, where did the SB? I mean, I, obviously Espinosa, but like, where did the SB thing come from? It actually came from high school. Um, I was I, I was a three letter varsity athlete over at a high school called Ladue, uh, Horton Watkins here in St. Louis, and um. My one of my football coaches, uh, Coach Harrison, he he started calling me SB, and it just it stuck. As a matter of fact, it stuck so much that my sister was called that, my brother was called that, and now my sister's called that. Um, so <laughs> I've been trying to get, I've been trying to collect royalties from them, but they just don't want to give it to me. But um, you know, I I, I I kept with it, and because I originally when I started wrestling, I actually wanted to just be called SB, and I thought it just didn't it, it didn't sound right. And so I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go with my real name. And if people still call me SB, so be it. The cool thing was is I only used SB probably about 10 matches. And uh, before I transitioned to just call myself Brandon Espinoza, and it's just somehow somebody caught on and somebody heard about it. And when I started wrestling at OVW, I started getting called SB. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, you know, embrace it. And so and it's easier to put SB on my trunks than it is to put Espinoza because I make all my gear. And I was like, you know what? Four letters is so much better than seven or eight. So I'm just going to put four. And um, ever since then, I've just, you know, I, I, I make sure people use it. One guy here in St. Louis, he's a, um, as bad as it sounds, and I'm only calling him it because that's what he calls himself. But he's a smart and um, <laughs> he calls my name uh, redundant because I go out as Brandon S.P. Espinoza. He's like, it's so redundant. And it's like, yeah, but S.P. is a different name than Espinoza. And it's just like, come on, you know. Uh, it's easy but but chance, that, that'd know. be like me going by Thomas Tommy Walter. Well, that, that that's your choice, yeah. man. You know, I right? Ain't gonna, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna fault you for it. Well, you no, know? I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I mean, I don't go by that. And when people call me Thomas, it's either my mom, my sisters, or my wife, and that's when I'm in trouble. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. But um, but yeah, I mean, so like it, it, I've always used it since then, man. And it's it, you know, it's stuck, and it's you know, and I I appreciate you know the nickname from my coach and um. You know, it's even on my Letterman jacket that I have in the back of my car right now. Um, and it's just – What position did you play? What's up? What position did you play? Well, I was a football player. Uh, when I started, I was a lineman because I was short and pudgy, and then I turned into a receiver and Me a too. kicker. <laughs> um, and then from there, from receiving to kicking and then wrestling, I weighed – I did the uh, between 135 to 160 throughout my whole high school career. And then uh, in baseball, I was a starter for the varsity team. But because my dad trained me to be – be able to play any position i was actually a utility player so i started every game my batting nice. position always stayed the same but i never played the same position twice so you know one game i'd be in right field the next game i'd be in left and i'd be the shortstop then i'd be first and i go to second third you know whoever ended up pitching that game i took their position if i wasn't pitching so right and i'm a big baseball guy so i get all that levi's not really into baseball he's more into football but i go eagles i go, yeah. I go baseball one football two <laughs> nice um but yeah, so I mean, uh, let's see. Where should we go from here? Um, let's let's do some more. Like I was gonna ask about some finishers. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go and ahead. how you how you how you came about like, um, whether it be in your early days of training or just wrestling, uh, what made you choose your finishers, or did you choose them? I chose them all. Um, I chose them all. Um, actually, no, I chose all of them but one. Um, the first one I started was the frog splash. Um, obviously you could probably guess where I got that from. I'm going to let you kind of take a whack. Oh, no. yeah. That. Yeah. So what do you think? The, oh. What do you think I used it? Eddie? Yeah, there you go. 
So anyway, of course. It's inspiration for me, and especially me being Latino and being Hispanic, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm going to use that. And, you know, it just so happened that about a month or two after I started, he passed away, so I just kept using it. Um, oh, man. Yeah, so I used that. What a rough time to start, though, right? Yeah, exactly. So You had to be, your next match had to be like, do I want to use it, or do I do I carry it on as a tradition? Yeah, no, actually, I didn't use it until after he died. So, yeah. Um, oh, okay. okay. The first yeah, yeah, match yeah. I had was, in, it was October 8th of 2005. And I have he one died more in match September, he correct? Died. Do what? He died in September, correct? No, he died in November. November 13th. November. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, he died. Because him and Batista 13th, just fought. And, um, so I only had like two matches before he died. And so after that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to use it. And, you know, obviously the first few matches you have, you don't win. So when I started winning matches, I started using it. Um, from there, I went to a um, – like a modified, if you want to say, like almost skull crushing finale, or uh, or uh, the move that Jeff Jarrett used for a while. I forgot what it was called, and I used it with a um, with a uh, what was it called? I'm I'm throwing a blank. I'm throwing a blank. It was a uh, Cobra Clutch. I did the Cobra yeah. Clutch into the face buster, and I used that for a little bit. Um, I used like a reverse, um, a reverse uh, like uh, crossroads. I went the other way, and then from there, which I used still to this day. I went to the Brain Buster. Um, I just started using it. I had a I had a really good suplex, and I just wanted to stop doing suplexes because everybody does. So I just decided I was going to start doing the Brain Buster and worked on that, and I used that just on the ground um, or even on the turnbuckle. And then um, the one that became an accident, um, well, before that, we'll say I did a knockout punch, and I did that just because I thought it's realistic. If you punch a guy square in the temple, he should probably fall down. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. He probably be knocked out. <laughs> yeah. So, and I throw a relatively good punch. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to use one punch to knock people out. And, you know, and I learned how to, you know, get it out of nowhere, hit it out of nowhere, you know, et cetera. Um, but uh, then from there, the brain buster. And then obviously the one that I use a lot nowadays too is the cross arm breaker, um, which was an accident, to be honest. Um, I was wrestling a gentleman named Billy Hills, Farmer Billy Hills. And um, we were wrestling up here at that um, SICW in uh, East Crondelet, Illinois. And I had given him a blue thunder bomb, which, you know, was pretty big feat due to the fact that the dude weighs probably about 350. Oh, wow. And, um, so I gave <laughs> it to him. And when he did, he forgot to fail to mention to me in the back that he had already had a lower back injury. Oh, no. And it wasn't necessarily new. It was something that was lingering that he had gotten, you know, a year or so before. And when I hit him with it, it actually, like, pulled his back out. Oh. And so he had lost some feeling for a little bit. And so I locked in the cross arm breaker and I just said, just tap, just tap. And so he tapped. And then from there, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start using it here because, you know, I try to have different moves for different promotions just to make them unique, especially right. if, they're the, if they're in the same area. And so I started using the cross arm breaker and I started studying it and figuring out different ways I could do it. And I've got just like the punch, I can use the, uh, the cross arm breaker pretty much out of anything. And, you know, it's just the only problem I have is that you know, when I'm a baby face or even a heel, I got to work the arm the whole time. And, you know, sometimes it gets a little redundant. So, but, um, you know, I use, I use that a lot. And then I still use the brain buster. Those are the two major ones. And then if I'm feeling froggy, I will do the frog splash. <laughs> That's awesome. Though, man. Those are, those are, those are cool moves though. That's mm-hmm. a good move set. Um, and just kind of like to go off that and another question, do you prefer baby face or heel? Either or. Um, either yeah. or. I, I preferred heel for a while, but recently I turned baby here in the past couple of years in St. Louis, and I've gotten so equipped and used to playing it that I realize I don't have to be that cookie cutter baby face and go out there and be, you know, over the top Hulk Hogan. Can you hear me? Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I figured out that I could still be myself, just, you know. Are the, you kind of the hometown hero type guy in St. Louis? That, and then on top of it, man, luckily for me, like within a decent amount radius. Even when I'm a heel, I get that, like, respect pop. Yeah. So fans yeah. <laughs> know who I am. And, like, prime example is I went to Kansas City on Saturday, and when I walked out, even though I was part of the heel stable, I haven't been I was, I haven't been in Kansas part of Kansas City for years. And I, I only go to Kansas City, like, once or twice a year. And, um, and like, ending up the, quickly when I walked out, people started, you know, chanting SB. And, you know, it's like I said, it's just that respect thing. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, indie fans of, you know, know at least a little bit about myself so that they are, you know, they're able to respect what I've done. And, you know, obviously I turned up the heat and, you know, went heel, but 
you know, it's just that's that's the easy thing I've realized is I get that respect pop a lot of places, luckily for me. Even as a lower, you know, lower indie star, I get it. And um, and so it's easy for me to be a baby face because then I could be myself because most of those people probably saw me being a jerk. And so I can continue to still somewhat be myself and just not heal it up and get a baby face pop, you know, so. It's kind of that, if, if you want to compare it to WWE, it's kind of that Miz factor. Mm-hmm. Because he's he he is a he's a consummate heel, but everybody loves him because he's we all know the work he's put in, yeah. you know, to get over. And I mean, yeah, like 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 Brandon's saying, it's like the respect. Thing. Yeah, like yeah, they, they because, respect that because uh, Levi, myself, we talked about it last week. Actually, you know, what are they going to do with Miz gone filming a movie? Yeah. And it's like, you know, they don't really have a heel because even their monster, you know, Braun. Everybody wants to see him get the belt. Yeah, they want to see him. Yeah, he's, too, he's so over. Yeah, the cool. I, I By the way, a story about the Miz, man. Um, when I was sitting down with Regal when we when I was doing like my first and second tryout, um, he had told us that like the Miz, the main reason he's gotten so big of a push is that he is legit like the franchise guy. Um, yeah, you could tell if, if if WWE or Vince went up to the Miz tonight while he's taping his movie and said, "Hey." I need you in the UK tomorrow. I need you to really go out there and publicize and put over WWE. The Miz will jump on a plane. He just says, where? Get me my plane ticket and let me go. And he'll do it. He will drop at the drop of a dime. He is. But it looks like I'm here, but it looks like we lost the other guy. Yeah, he'll he'll come in. Anyways, you're talking about Regal. Yeah. We'll go on without him. He'll, he'll pop in. <laughs> okay. Uh, what part? Where did I? Where did it end? Uh, the reason why the Miz is so over. WWE called and said we needed you in the UK, even if he's on a movie set. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I'm not saying that's what he's done. Uh, but no, he's the type of guy that you, you, whatever situation is, if WWE um, or the PR with them or Vince needs him to go somewhere, he will at the drop of a dime go and you know publicize WWE and put them and get put them over for whatever is needed. And he's been that way for, from the beginning of his career. That's why he had that WWE championship run because he is literally the one of the most seed champions because he's all over the place. You know? Yeah, and that I mean that gimmick fit him. And he I, and in my opinion, if WWE is going to do something, they need to do it with him again because yeah. I mean he's over, whether it be face or heel, he's over. And everything he does, they slap that Miz name on it, whether it be Damian Mizda or the Mizdaraz or whatever. You know his name's on it, mm-hmm. and, yep. and I think that's a that's Vince giving his you know thank you and tip of the hat to the Miz for being a workhorse. Oh yeah, that's why. I mean, dude, he's he is legit WWE. You mm-hmm. know, um, you know, people can dislike his work some. I, I love his work, watching him wrestle and whatnot. But he is uh, he is definitely a WWE guy. You know, and he's earned his stripes and earned his his part. I respect the crap out of him for what he's done because, you know, to be able to do that and, you know, be able to be, you know, that guy is just – it's a, it's incredible and it's a great guy to uh, do it. And, you know, I, I've only talked to him a couple little times when he was I was there and he's a good guy, man. And, you know, he's just – obviously he knows what he's doing and he's learned how to be a wrestler uh, from being just a reality star. And I, I commend him so much on that. Right. Absolutely. And I guess we'll go ahead and wrap this up because I don't think Levi's coming back in. No problem. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on, man, and taking the time. Um, but, yeah, just kind of like to wrap it up, like what's, what's your favorite match that you've ever done? Favorite match I've ever done that's really – again, that's really hard. <laughs> um, you no, know, I, like, I, um, no, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, just because, like, I, um, I, 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 my matches change and the favorite match, they move a lot. Um. One of the ones, I'll be honest, one of the ones that you can, I think you can find on YouTube now because the promotion closed, um, whether it was their main company or the, the promotion that it, you know, spawned off to be. Um, there's a match between myself and Ace teaming up against uh, Matt Cage and Christian Rose, Team Overkill. Um, and it was a ladder match. And it was a payoff from a huge, like, six-month storyline, uh, which is not that long in indies because that was only, like, six shows or five shows. But um, it ended in a ladder match. Just the way that it was put together and the way that we made everything believe and it just, you know, it was an amazing build up and the way that the match ended and the way that it, you know, happened was just phenomenal. Um, you know, Christian Rose is a phenomenal worker. Um, you know, unfortunately that never really saw 
you know, huge publicity other than, you know, bigger shows up in like Chicago because he wrestled for like uh, Resistance and a couple mm-hmm. other ones. But other than that, he didn't really get a, an opportunity to do anything bigger. Um, and then Matt Cage, you know, um, you know, the guy's a phenomenal worker. Um, you know, he got to do he got to do some matches with like uh, Evolve and Dragon Gate. Um, and again, just another guy that unfortunately it just never flourished in anything bigger. You know, I feel like sometimes the same thing with me you know, with my opportunities with Ring of Honor or, you know, the impact when they were with OVW or even the tryouts I've had, you know, and hopefully, you know, something like Glory Pro will help push me to the next level. Um, but that match just was phenomenal, had a lot of fun. And at the end of the show, it was great. You know, we came, went in the back, hugged, and, you know, we were happy that, you know, that whole story went the way it did. All right. And then, like, not to, like, bury anybody, I'm not asking you to, to do that, but uh, what's, I mean, even if it's on your end, like, what's your... What's your least favorite match? Oh, least favorite match is my first match of my career. Uh, <laughs> I did that was coming. Just, <laughs> I, uh, nobody, nobody taught me where I where I first trained how wrestling was supposed to be. You know, wrestling's supposed to be a, a story, and the way I was taught it was: you do three moves, I do three moves. You do three moves, I do three moves. You hit your finish, I kick out. I hit mine, you go, you lose. And um, the guy I wrestled thinks he was a huge star, you know, and was more about him. More, his, his biggest fan was himself, and right. um. And that's always unfortunate. Yeah, and it was a horrible match. To this day, that guy thinks he's a legend, and he only really wrestled here in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And um, but take it, you guys don't get along. I don't. I don't. I don't like him. Um, We had a match like a year or two later, and we were scheduled to face each other. And he's like, "Hey, man, it's me and you." He's like, "I got some plans, man." And I, I literally said, "Well, make sure they make sense today, this time." And he's like, (laughs) "You know me, man. They do." I said, "That's the fact, Jeremy." I said, "I know you." Yeah. I said, so make sure they make sense or I'm not. And he went to the promoter. And the next thing I know, the next day I went to training because the, the promoter put the card up at training center so we could work on our matches. Horrible decision to do. But, um, you know, the next thing I know, I look on the card and it, his name scratched off from next to me and I had somebody else. So, you know, that guy obviously had a huge ego for himself. And, you know, if somebody tells me my ideas aren't right, you know what? I'll listen to what they say. And if they're right, cool, I'll do whatever they say. You know, just like my trainer nowadays, man, he, he flat out tells me that I have sometimes I have wrestling wrong. And I just listen. I do what he says. And I go, you know what? That worked perfect. And obviously, you know, there's guys that tell you that they're wrong. You go out there, do what they say, and it, it's actually worse. And then you're like, you know what? Screw you, man. You know, next time I'm not listening to you, how about we do what I wanted? But, you know, I give everybody a chance and – you know, and even if they're even if they're new or if they're old, man, I still try to figure out what I got to do and what I can do to work with them. And that guy just didn't want to work. And the fact that after, you know, a couple of years, he went to the promoter and got a match changed just because I told him my opinion. That was very, very um, anti ballsy of him, you know, to do. So it's whatever. But the guy's the guy's gone. He quit a year or two later. And, you know, so be it. He's good. Riddance. Nobody even knows who he is. So it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's a bullshit move. Um, yeah. one last question and then, uh, we'll do some plugs and then we'll let you go. I'm sure okay. you want to go, uh, go back in your house and do whatever you were doing before. Um, so what would be, I mean, obviously everybody, everybody's goal these days is either NXT or WWE, but if you could face one opponent, be it dead or alive, who would it be? I mean, obviously dead would be Eddie Guerrero. I mean, that right. guy. I've been a huge fan of his ever since I was a kid when he when he crossed over to WWE. I didn't watch oh the car's about to hit a possum. Um yeah, <laughs> the stuff you see in St. Louis. Um but yeah. anyways, um, here too in Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um, you know, I, I didn't start watching until he crossed over to WWF and then I went back and watched some of his matches, like obviously the feud with like Rey Mysterio and stuff, but um, you know, I've always loved his work and the passion he had. And it's really funny to think about it. The guy only had a four or five year career in WWF. And WWE and the fact that he had such an impact in those mm-hmm. like four or five years is phenomenal. But because you um, look at somebody like uh, Sasha Banks, who even like models her ring gear after him. Yep, exactly. And like she's she's younger than us, I'm pretty sure, because me mm-hmm. and you are both thirty. Yeah, actually, exactly. I'm old. I'm older than you. My birthday's May. Yours is what July, right? Yeah, July. Um. So, I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm technically older, but I'm not, <laughs> yeah. not that much older. But, I mean, you know, she's younger than us, and for him to make that kind of impact on her is a exactly. big, you know, you know, that tells you. And we talked about him last night. We did Starcade 95, and it was the the uh, World Cup of Wrestling or whatever with New Japan. Mm-hmm. And we were we were just both so surprised that, you know, WCW had Eric Bischoff at that time or, you know, whoever, I guess Kevin Sullivan was booking in 95, maybe Dusty Rhodes. 
but they had that much faith in Eddie Guerrero to put him in because they knew he could work with a Japanese guy. Yeah. Because, I mean, Eddie, Eddie Guerrero could work with a literally a dog turd and make it look like gold. Exactly. The dude could work with anybody in any style and be phenomenal, man. And if, again, like I said, if, it, if dead, it would be him. Alive, honestly, I would love to have a match with Cody. Um, my oh, yeah, that would favorite, be awesome. Yeah, my son's favorite wrestler, um, you know, obviously before me. Uh, but no, no, I'm not his favorite wrestler, which is I'm completely <laughs> fine with. Um, his favorite wrestler is Stardust. And I, for a while, had to convince him. And I was trying so hard to convince him that Cody is not Stardust. No, he the, – and this Bullet Club run he's on right now, because me and Levi are huge Bullet Club Bullet oh, Club yeah. marks. Dude, he is, I mean, he is I think awesome. almost Even everybody my son, is. My son doesn't watch too much indies, but he knows the Bullet Club, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, he knows the, the, the two sweet and the one sweet mm-hmm. and the, you know, the gunshots. But, um, you know, his favorite wrestler is Cody. And, like, you know, the fact – the main reason I would love to wrestle him is that the fact that that guy has had such an impact on my son would mm-hmm. be just phenomenal to see my son's reaction if I ever got the chance to wrestle him. Um, you know, my son got to meet him when he did the Glory Pro show here in July. I, uh, I got a photo on my phone, and my son was just, you know, his eyes were, you know, huge just in the fact that he was able to watch him live. And then, you know, the fact Cody was completely cool with uh, with him taking a photo made his day. And, you know, and I would love to have that match, and you know, because he's a phenomenal worker and a phenomenal wrestler, both of them. Not, not just a worker, not just a wrestler, because they're two different things. And exactly. you know, and it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal guy, man, and phenomenal personality. And you know, obviously, you know, his his father, who he is, is just awesome as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and even his brother. And his brother. Funny thing, <laughs> funny thing about Cody is the first star that my son met when he was like three years old was Gold Dust. Mm-hmm. And he was on that uh, that indie run where they released him because I think some kind of stuff happened with the female talent, and then yeah. they brought him back. And uh, Goldust was booked on a show with me, and uh, Goldust wanted to start playing with my son. And obviously, like Ric Flair found out, and Mick Foley and Santino later in uh, later in my son's life, you just don't mess with Logan. And yeah. um, he turned around and just dick punched Goldust right in the dick, <laughs> man. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. Done. Um, that is awesome. Yeah, and I mean, luckily, he didn't you know he didn't punch Ric Flair in his nuts, but you know he definitely <laughs> gave, him, uh, gave him the cold shoulder when Ric Flair was like, "Hey, little buddy." Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask Regina, "Do you like to compete?" I say, "Bring it on." Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. He smacked his hand and growled at him. And, you know, players like, okay. And walked away. Well, um... (laughs) My son's got more heat on him than I do, but anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, man, like uh, Cody's had a huge impact on my son. My son loves Cody Rhodes. He loves Go- Stardust, and he loves Cody with the uh, Bullet Club. And you know the fact that that guy sat down and was able to take a photo with him on his time, you know, and Daddy didn't have to pay him. He was and Daddy was on a show with him was huge for my son. And just to be able to have a match with him and learn from him, and you know, and that would be phenomenal. But those are two guys, man. I would love to wrestle. Um, that I have it and that are either dead or alive. All right, man. On that note, cause it's all about the kids in my heart because yes. I got three boys. So we'll go ahead and end it there, man. It has been a pleasure talking to you. You were an awesome freaking guest. I'd love to have you back on sometime. Sounds good. Just let me know the date. Yeah, man. Uh, so once again, Friday night in Indianapolis, wild championship wrestling outlaws. Mm-hmm. And then again, Saturday in St. Louis for dynamo pro yes. check him out. Check him out at, Pro Wrestling Tees by the T-Shirt Gimmicks, ladies and gentlemen. Pick those shirts up. And yes. then again, on Twitter at the underscore B underscore Espinosa. Facebook.com slash the Brandon Espinosa. And once again, YouTube.com slash the Brandon Espinosa. Thank you, Brandon, so much. We really appreciate you coming on, man. 
thank you for having me, and hopefully we'll talk soon in the future. Absolutely. Stay in touch, man. All right, thanks. All right, take care. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end, it's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.